Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. Mike Butler and I'm Mike Field and you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode we highlight a film that for a variety of reasons was forgotten by audiences, whether it was because of a more popular movie was released at the same time or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie or maybe what we don't love about it and decide whether the movie's worth a revisit. Uh, if you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Right. Should we uh, introduce ourselves real quick? Sure. Okay. So I'm Mike Field. I write. I direct. Uh, I write some more. Uh, I've got books out. I've done some movies. I'm also a movie theater manager where I cater to the public's every whim with my good friend, Mr. Mike Butler, right here. Yeah. But I'm also an actor who has performed in a variety of different medias, mediums? Mediums. Uh, And uh, I write, you know, scripts that I never get a chance to film. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also a podcaster. I think more importantly is we both really love movies. We both like talking about movies. Absolutely. Uh, In fact, I think, I remember there was one time in the office when we were going, we were just going back and forth the movies and I don't know who whatever the manager was there and she was like Wait, I don't understand what you're talking about and like we were riffing back and forth on different films and yep. we are like yeah that's right <laughs> get so, on our level <laughs> I mean it's not a high level but it's it, there is there is a level there yes alright so now you know about us um I guess we can go in what we're going to talk about because this was my pick this week. Yeah, why don't you introduce? Uh, why don't you introduce listen, us? listen. I am not embarrassed that we are doing this movie this week. I know you are. I'm not embarrassed. We are doing the 1991 flop, Hudson Hawk. Yes, we are. Oh, shut up! <laughs> shut up! Bruce Willis is back in business. Thanks for saving me, tough guy. And business <laughs> is booming. I was afraid you weren't going to drop by. Hudson Hawk. That excites me. Check, please. The best cat burglar that ever lived. I didn't want to do it. All I wanted was a cappuccino. But he can't retire. Maybe nobody told you. I quit stealing. If he wants to keep on living. This is a brand new tuxedo! Watch your step. Hold your breath. Hang on for dear life and catch the hawk. Good plan, Junior. Bruce Willis, Danny Aiello, Andy McDowell, Hudson Hawk. Sounds like a party. I am embarrassed. I lied. Uh, if I had to, I had to sit through the one that no one will ever hear. Sphere that we practiced <laughs> on. I had to sit through that. This is better than this. Oh, okay. Time out. Time out. Before, before we get going, not that there's any kind of major plot points you're going to miss here, but if you have not seen Hudson Hawk, I mean, maybe you should continue to listen because I could maybe talk you into it. But if you just want to watch it before we talk about it, you probably should go do that right now. Yeah, it's not a huge, it's not a huge spoiler movie. But it's not long. Yeah, it's one save. It's not long. It's but, not. But I, I reckon if you would rather know what we're talking about, go watch the movie, then come back to the podcast. But... If you want us to talk about it and get yourself all geared up for it, then please, by all means, listen. All right. So, uh, sell me on Hudson Hawk. I'm not going to sell you on Hudson Hawk. <laughs> well, I, let me, let, okay. Let, so why don't you do, why don't you, can you, can you break down the plot or do you want me to, it's not, it's not a, I mean, there's not a hard, I know there's not a lot of plot. How about you break down the okay, plot? Okay. So it's real simple. So it's real simple. So Bruce Willis is the star of this movie, which we'll get into a little later, um, 
he plays Hudson Hawk, the title character, who is a cat burglar, who starts off where he is in prison for a crime he did. I think he's been in prison for 10 years. Mm-hmm. He gets out. He immediately gets forced into a job to rob this famous horse sculpture uh, made by Leonardo da Vinci. Da Vinci is prominent in this. Well, in terms of just they're going after a lot of the artifacts. So he goes and goes to break in, steals the steals this horse. What you find out is the horse inside the horse hat is this like crystal. It's a, one of three, I guess, star crystals. They, they look more like metal, but it's, it's supposed to be yeah. like a, a crystal. And then you just it's basically like he was he was brought on to the job by this corrupt cop who's who was who has ties to this mob family who is working for the CIA group who is actually working for these uh, million, billionaires or I guess it's 1991 so millionaires no they call themselves do billionaires they call themselves, yeah. okay so billionaires who are basically da Vin- this, the, real, the beginning of the movie starts over Da Vinci is created, has created this machine that turns lead into gold and if and they talk about it a little bit in the movie lead and gold are almost identical except for one uh, element one, one proton one proton and they say they talk about it in the yeah. movie. So the, everyone's always tried to turn lead into gold from far back. It's alchemy. It's all part of being an alchemist. Da Vinci created this machine. He realized that it was not good. Hides the breaks the crystal, this giant crystal, up into three pieces. Hides it in all three three different things that he has created, and he spreads it across the globe. Back where we are, Hudson Hawk steals the first one, and they basically con him or bribe him or extort him into stealing the other two. Put put stuff together. He's got to stop stop the day and all that stuff. I mean, this is there is no plot. I mean, there's a plot, but it is it is not. That is not why you watch this movie. So that's basically the plot of the movie, kind of, sort of. Sure. Listen, if you're gonna come at this with a negative attitude, listen. I have positive things to say well, about this good. movie. Well, that's good. It's not good. all negative. Well, let me break let me break down some of the facts that we like to do. Yeah. So this actually this movie was released. On May 24th, 1991, which I, want, I didn't go check, but I'm pretty sure that's Memorial Day weekend. Back in the early 90s, late 80s, maybe 80s, the week, the summer always started for movies on Memorial Day weekend. That's when all your big movies came out. Then, as the 90s progressed, the weeks kept going earlier and earlier. Then it became the first week in May. I remember specifically, like, the first Mission Impossible was the first week in May. And that was 90-something, right? 96? 96. I think okay. it's 96. Now you've got today, this, now you've got this year where you have Avengers Endgame, and that is the last week in April. So it, it used to be the Memorial Day weekend kicked off summer movies, basically. Yep. So this year, in 1991, Hudson Hawk was a part of that, along with it opened against Backdraft, Thelma and Louise, only the Lonely, which is John Candy and Ali Sheedy, it was like a romantic comedy. That's not the heavyweight that backdrop and Thelma Louise were. No. And then Drop Dead Fred, which is not good. Um, that's with Phoebe Cates. She, it's she, her imaginary friend or something. I might have like, well, seen It's that not one. good. It's don't bother. <laughs> I don't even know if Thelma and Louise, when it came out, was like, I don't think it was a movie that people were like, oh, I can't wait to see this movie. I think it came out and people loved it and it just grew and grew and Word grew. And grew. I mean, Backdraft was a, a popular movie because it's Ron Howard and, and Kurt Russell. And like it's a really good movie. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, basically, my point is that Hudson Hawk opened on a big weekend. Directed by Michael Lehman, who did Heathers, the original Heathers, not the remake they did mm-hmm. on uh, CW? No. No. Pop Sugar? Uh, yeah, something. Freeform? Yeah. I don't think it's Freeform. It's some. It, we shouldn't be talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Written by Steven D'Souza Who did Die Hard and Commando And I assume he came onto the project Because Bruce Willis asked him to uh, And also written by Daniel Waters Who did Heathers and Demolition Man I love Demolition Man uh, But I'm That's sure he was list. What's up? That's a good one for the list That's not forgotten That's true That's so good though <laughs> He doesn't know about the three shells um, So So I'm sure that he was brought on by Lehman Because they, you know, they have the Heathers connection I uh, said, so starring Bruce Willis, Danny Aiello, Andy McDowell, James Coburn, who I actually forgot he was in this, Richard E. Grant, Sandra Bernhardt, and David Caruso, just the names that you would recognize, a young David Caruso. Very young. So this, uh, this story of Hudson Hawk was actually a, um, the story is from Bruce Willis and his producing partner, Robert Kraft, not the owner of the New England Patriots, but a different Robert <laughs> Kraft. 
Um, so it has $65 million budget and a gross, get ready, total $17 million. So this is, by all accounts and purposes, uh, well, intents and purposes, a flop. <laughs> Although I did watch the, there was on the DVD that I have, it's not the, I know they have a Blu-ray edition, they got rid of all the special features, but the DVD I had, one of the special features was they actually have a sit down back in 2005 with Willis and Kraft, and they're actually talking about the movie. And in that, Willis says that the movie's made his money back and more because, Over it, became, time. because it became a cult classic, DVD release, and all that stuff. So, I mean, I, I couldn't find that anywhere. I would take <laughs> his word. But uh, yeah, so I guess they, they did kind of recoup that money. And I mean, in some way, because I think. I don't know if Willis was a producer. I think he was, but I know obviously Kraft was. He was. He a, was? I think okay. he's listed at the titles. When so there's some of the facts, um, but I know that Mike did not like this movie. I know he wouldn't like this movie because I said no, not because I suggested it. Because I know he didn't. He never really liked it to begin with. But that's fine because that's not. That's what this is about. This is about you know some of these movies we're not going to like again. You know that we remember them as. We remember remember them fondly. Like I remember the episode that we did that we talked about Collateral. You know, you, you love that movie because I think that came during a reformative time as being whether you wanted to be a filmmaker or an actor. Film. Right, right. We all have that. So I can understand why sometimes you know some movies strike with us at a certain period in life. Okay. So I know you didn't like this, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm here to shoot all that down. Well, no. I know. <laughs> while I was watching, I was thinking, how old were you when this came out? You were probably, what, like early teens? I uh, know. Uh, uh, I take it back. Yeah, I was. I was, uh, well, it came back in 91. I'm, I want to say I don't, I didn't see it in the theater. Okay. So I can't, so when this came out, I was 16. I didn't start working at the theater until 93. So I probably wa- I, I think I watched this with my friend Adrian. I don't remember, um, but I because we both loved it, and we both still love it. Because I told him the other day that we were doing yeah, this. Yeah, was and there, and he, he was really excited. He was excited. That, that, that's why he's my friend. Uh, so <laughs> I always joke with him that when I, I put I'll put a random quote on Facebook sometimes or. And he, he's the only one that replies back to me. And it's like I knew that he would because he knows what I'm talking about, <laughs> which is, you know, makes me cry. But so. So, yeah. So I don't know when I, I probably watched this. I would say like 18, 19, 20. Okay. I, I, I probably did. It was probably one of those movies that we rented when they had video stores, which is, you know, so that's probably how I remember watching it because I didn't see it in the theater. Um, so, yeah. So I was young. But and, you know, I, I, go ahead. T- you tell me. Give me something you well first before we do that. When I started watching it, I was like, okay, am I gonna? I, I kind of knew I was gonna like the stuff I liked. I love the songs. I love when they're singing. I love the goofiness. I love some of the dialogue. There was like when it first started, and they have the guy doing the narration, and it and it was like, it was like a fairy tale kind of thing. Yeah. And then as progressively as it went, I was like, this movie's not meant to be taken seriously. This movie's not, you know, if movies right. are not meant to be taken seriously, that doesn't mean, okay, forget it, turn off my brain. It's just, it's a certain style. Right. So, with, the, with, with where he starts off with the narration, all that stuff, I think going into it, I was like, okay. Because um, I didn't really remember that too much. I remember it's zany, but I didn't really remember, like, it was goofy and zany and out of bounds on purpose. And my thing is that if you're willing to understand that in Austin Powers movies, you can't really have that same argument against something like Hudson Hawk because that's, I'm not saying they're on the same level. Okay. Because yeah, I, I, I see you shaking your head. I, I have a, go ahead. But you know what I mean? I'm, I'm saying that it's the same, I guess, pseudo genre. You know what I mean? Like comedy, but surreal comedy right okay i think it doesn't go far enough which is one of my notes when i was watching i was like if this really wanted to be that kind of zany because at some points it really goes naked gun zany but it never goes far enough to become that or even austin powers uh kind of comedy slapstick it it never chooses which comedy which i mean is it's very unique i will give it that oh thanks man. but it never really firmly establishes, yes, we're going to be naked gun zany the whole way through. I agree or, with that. That's 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 very fair. Which yes. is why there's parts I like and parts I don't like because it's very much like it, it doesn't know, trying to figure out what it wants to be. Right. 
I, I, th- I think that's actually one of my, I don't want to say dislikes, but one of my things is that, um, you know, that it's not some stuff, some of the jokes aren't really either thought out or they fall flat or it was just like, well, how about we do this? Which I know that because in reading everything about this movie, like it was not, it was a mess putting it together. Like I know that they had issues with just kind of like always rewriting stuff, changing stuff. I know it was like, you know, they're, because it's 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 Bruce Willis's story. The whole thing came from the fact that Willis and Kraft met uh, met like at a. Did you read? Did you hear about this? How they met? So no. okay. So the guy, the producer Robert Kraft, is a musician, and uh, he was performing on stage. And like down, this is obviously I want to say early '80s. I'm trying to remember when Moonlighting was a hit because it was before Moonlighting, or it was around that time. So it's it's eighties. It's it might be even. Well, he wasn't even featured 70s. on anything until Miami Vice. So it, it would have to be eighties. Yeah, I'm talking about Willis. Right. Yeah. I think Miami Vice was his first. Yeah. So he was. So he was. This is when like they were like, you know, real young, trying to get things going. So I want to say it's early eighties, late seventies. But regardless, he's on stage performing Robert Kraft, and and Willis is in the audience, and Willis just busts out, you're not supposed to do this, busts out his harmonica and starts playing along with the band. <laughs> so the guy's like, I guess he's looking at them, and he's like, listen, either go or come on up here and play. And Willis, he didn't think he would come up, and Willis came up and played with them. So I guess they became friends after that, and they kind of, oh, they, this guy came up with this Hudson Hawk riff, and Willis, they would work, would play with it and work around with it, and they would, so it became a song. And then eventually, as they both kind of they both kind of went on certain career paths, obviously mm-hmm. Wilson Moonlighting and then Die Hard and Craft. It said he produced Little Mermaid, but I yeah. So then he went on, and then they finally came together to do this because this is this is after Die Hard two. So this is when he's huge. Yeah, yeah. well, if you can't get a movie like this made without no having done some stuff. N- no, and I and I think he some of the some of the vitriol and vile that he that has spewed his way after this movie. I think Willis took it as you know, like it was just my time, which I get. I mean, but still, it's it's not. This I am willing to admit that this movie is not for a lot of people. <laughs> it's not, and even as I watched it and I rewatched it, and I still enjoy it, but I'm not gonna argue the point that I think this is like the best film that I've you know. It's it's not up there. It's a fun time. There's jokes that are fun. There's there's one joke which we'll get into that. I was like, "Why is that in there?" And wh- what is what is supposed to be funny about that? Like, I, it, 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 I think I might know what you're talking about. Yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> so, but I wanted to, I wanted to find out what you liked about it first before we rip it, because I know cause before you start ripping into it. Okay, I want to know what you what you maybe. How about this? Like, was there something that jumped out when you were watching that you didn't think you would you didn't think you would like as much as you did? All right, well. Here's the thing. I thought you watched it when it came out, so I thought you were kind of like was, early to mid teens. Right. close. So you're, yeah. you're, I probably watched it the same age as you because it was high school, Comedy Central. I watched it there. Um, every time I'd come home, they'd always have like two o'clock after high school. They'd have you know a block of like a comedy movie play till four o'clock. But so I'd usually probably watch that. And that's that's edited for content, right? They didn't edit much. Because this is hard. This is not hard, but this is R. Oh, they dropped, yeah, but they would, it would just be like they just didn't say it. They would just okay. drop the word. Okay. Um, and I remember really not liking it. Like, really not liking it. Because uh, I had been warned, because I grew up a huge Bruce Willis fan. Um, and I had been warned by my parents don't watch <laughs> this movie. It's actually my father's least favorite movie of all time. So I had to watch oh. it. Excellent. And I'm watching. I'm going. Oh my god! I should have listened to my parents. This is they're right. This is not good. So, and I watched it around the same. It's probably around the same age as you. So I was a little surprised about that. Watching it again this time, though, I did find stuff I liked about it. It oh, wasn't okay. the train wreck that I watched the last time. So it's not like this was a better. Or the rewatch the second time, knowing the kind of movie it was, was definitely a little better. I can understand your dad not liking it because I um I know it was pitched or it was promoted as an action movie and it's not it's it's a comedy uh, and i think and and coming off of die hard 2 after the huge success that die hard had yeah i think people are expecting the same type of movie okay so what kind of specifically what jumped out that you enjoyed them like you liked all right so 
Well, it starts off with the TriStar logo. That, you know, this is the last movie that TriStar did before Columbia bought them, before they merged. Oh, really? They actually joke that, the, that, that Hudson Hawk caused this to happen. Killed the <laughs> so when it started, I was like, oh, at least I've got this. <laughs> um, I do like a lot of the flashback, the Leonardo da Vinci stuff, the setup, I thought was pretty good. I don't know if I like the storybook opening, because they don't use it like midway, which I think they should. But Yeah. Uh, I do like, and that guy. Well, he's just a guy in a donkey. <laughs> I love. I, I, I just not just to cut in, but you keep going. But um, I love when he's when Da Vinci's like finishing up the Mona Lisa, and she smiles. smiles. He's just like, Ugh. yeah, he has the mouth. <laughs> I have it down. Yeah, I love that part's great. Uh, I like the idea of Leonardo Da Vinci being the MacGuffin, the kind of Indiana Jones type MacGuffin of the, of the story. I actually think the device is interesting. That plot point, the dialogue is really good. The spoken word jokes really land for me. I, I liked a lot of that. I uh, liked the the heist. The first heist in the museum is actually really good, where they're mm-hmm. singing the song in time because you listen to them just say song date titles and then the times of the songs, and it's like, what are they doing? Yeah. Mac the knife. Four minutes, seventeen seconds. I only have eyes for you, my Tommy. I didn't know you cared. Three minutes, twenty-two seconds. Xanadu. Xanadu. Uh huh. Xanadu. Four minutes, nineteen seconds. Star Spangled Banner. Whitney Houston. Super Bowl seventeen. Seven minutes, seventeen seconds. You're full of shit. And it turns out that's how they that's how they rob and steal and keep the time, which I thought was cool. Uh, so that whole thing was neat. I like the relationship between Aello and Willis. Yeah, they're their, they're good friends. Their chemistry is yeah. is fantastic. Uh, Danny Aiello, Danny Aiello is great. I mean, Danny Aiello is. I don't. I mean, could you say he's underrated? Because because you don't really people don't really. I think comedy wise, he's underrated. Like he's. He's he's great in this movie. He means he's obviously great and do the right thing. But he's 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 good in the professional. Mm-hmm. He, you know everything. He but he Daniel is, is is almost like I don't, I won't say a, a, a like a working man, but like kind of like he's he's in a movie. Movie's terrible. Ilo won't be terrible. Like he's good. Like he's that. Quality. He's somebody you can put in there. Right. Right. Yeah. But but them together, I think I had read that they had wanted to work together four or five years before this, so they were trying to find a project. So you could tell that they're really good friends in this. Their chemistry, when the movie starts to really run off the rails toward that, I think the movie really loses it in that third act. Um, As most movies do. Yeah. It, the, the end to ending, wrapping up your movie is tough. Mm-hmm. But I think their chemistry really holds that film together toward the end. Um, when they, they storm the castle, when they oh. get back together in Italy, it's like their <laughs> scenes together are, are really good. <laughs> and I think that really holds it up. I mean, the dialogue is just like when he's get when he gets shot out the ambulance at the beginning, Willis after the museum robbery, and he, he's, hey, Mister, you gonna die? And the kids talk to him. <laughs> How's my driving? One eight hundred. I'm gonna fucking die. He's just going through. He throws the exact change. Like he's pissed off. There's the exact change. He throws it in. Happy sailing. <laughs> like his comments about how ridiculous everything is, and just being able to comment on it in like almost a Looney Tunes style way, is, is great. That dialogue just really kept me going, even when the movie itself was like, Meh. yeah. At least the dialogue was was really good. Yeah, you like the Mario Brothers. <laughs> the Mario Brothers was really good. I liked What's Nintendo. Yeah. yeah <laughs> yep. Now that you're born again, what do you want to do? Statue of Liberty, entertain some ladies. Broadway takes seduce some women, play Nintendo, bone some jigs. <laughs> What's Nintendo? The the last line is fuck is is awesome. I love the last line. Of oh, the movie? Of the of the movie. Oh. The car goes over the edge. Did you miss anything? It's the both of you all crashed up at the bottom of the hill! Airbags! Can you fucking believe it? You're supposed to be blown up into fiery chunks of flesh. Sprinkler system set up in the back. Can you fucking believe it? And his line, that's probably what happened. Like, it's, the, it's just like he's alive just because they wanted to keep yeah. him alive. Yeah. Uh, it's just like that. At least it ended. It, it, I left on a smile, which was good. Yeah. Well, and, that, and to your point before about you wish that it, they had gone like farther in terms of the comedy I think that's those those moments that you like you want that throughout and I get that right. and I do too I, I the dialogue is well done and and honestly I it's at this I mean who knows how the dialogue came to came to be I'm sure it was just kind of like they were improving half the time and just kind of like going through stuff right I forgot the stuff so the candy bar the CIA oh, game, yeah. the Snickers and 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 Kit Kat and 
So in the movie, if anyone hasn't seen it, James Coburn uh, is like his, his a CIA chief who you find out set up Willis, uh, set up Hudson Hawk to be in jail for the last ten years. Which makes honestly that's no sense. That why I have that in there? <laughs> yeah. Who cares? And when he gets when he gets all when he comes off the ramp, and they're all punching him. Yep. And they're they're all hitting him. So. But they so basically they're all called they're all called by candy bar names Almond Joy, Kit Kat, Butterfinger, and Snickers. And David Caruso plays Kit Kat. But I forgot that David Caruso was always like each scene he's like dressed as the character. Like I forgot that. So when they're in Italy and he's like behind him and he's like you tell him you call and he's behind yeah, him he's doing, doing the thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was pretty good. He doesn't talk. He's always just got the the, yeah. the labels. Yeah, and then he's wearing the same dress as Annie McDowell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just copies her. <laughs> I like when he was a statue. I, I had to. I didn't rewind it, but I wanted to rewind it and go. Was he the statue the whole time? Has he just been there? He like disappears like for a while because they have when Amon Joy and Snickers try to kill them and they end up killing themselves. Um, you know, they, he's not there, and him and but Butterfinger's in that scene beforehand because they're watching the house. Yeah, K- K- not even anywhere near that. And now we can get to the line that yeah. I was talking about. Yeah. Like, so they're in the so they're in the car, and they, they they basically they go back to. I'm blanking on her her name in the Annie, Annie. McDowell's character's name, in the um in the movie. Hang on, let me find that because I don't like. Okay, so they're in the. They're in the car and they're looking up at the apartment. They're back at Anna's place. Yeah. And this is after. It's not after he steals the codex. It's after. It's after he steals. Well, the no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. After they fake the death, him and right. I fake. Yes. Yeah. yeah. After he steals the codex, he goes back to Anna's flat. Right. They're in the car watching the house, and they're like, "What's he? What's he waiting for? What's he waiting for?" Because they probably want the codex. Because in the codex is the other um, crystal. Yeah. And Butterfinger goes, "Want me to rape him?" And I'm like, what? Like, I rewound that because I was like, did he just say oh, he said it. rape him? And then I'm like, and I'm like, why? Like, um, where is that? Why? Where is that joke? Like, I don't understand. Like in like when they're like, OK, we're going to roll this scene. Just say a couple things and, you know, say something funny. That's what that's what you put in. I, I didn't I didn't get not. And I'm not saying it in terms of, yes, it's I know it's it's not funny. It's not, you know, but but like. I'm just saying it's just not it's not funny on many levels like on all these levels it just doesn't work it's a it's a bad joke and I didn't understand why it was. I, I didn't understand like I just didn't get it there's nothing like it. it's just a bad line. it is it's, it's a bad, bad it's a it's a bad joke it's a bad line and, and and like for a variety of reasons that we're not gonna get into but it's just I didn't under I just didn't understand why it was in there and it was, you know, and then, but, but to my point is Kit Kat's not there. Kit, he's gone. So like, he just disappears for 20, 25 minutes of the movie. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's off doing something else, but so I thought that was a little odd that he, he's not around, but again, it's, it's tough to nitpick movies like this just because they're all, it's off the wall. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want, you're, it's just off the wall. It's off the wall. So it's probably off the wall to shoot. I mean, to, to put it together, the production, I know that production was a little troubled richard grant wrote a biography about it was a biography it was uh it was well i guess it was, it was about his work it was about like movies that he was in and, and productions and one of the chapters is about hudson hawk and he talks about how it was just a complete mess and it wasn't a, he doesn't like the movie he hates the movie when people bring it up to him i don't know why he's funny but he's not a fan it's too bad i i'm not a huge fan of his character academy award nominee richard grant Listen, he's great, and he, and he plays a great villain, but in this movie, it's just too much. It's just too much. It doesn't make sense. Their plan is nonsense. Well, I yeah. get that it's a nonsense movie, but their plan right. is dumb. I choose not to accept the assignment, Mr. Phelps. Put me in jail. Put me in time. Jail, you asshole. Our foot soldiers will blow your brains out. Bunny ball ball. <laughs> I'll torture you so slowly, you'll think it's a career. I'll kill your friends, your family, and the bitch you took to the prom. Fatty Joe Byarski, I can get you an address on that if you want. I, I don't... They're kind of more skeevy than funny, him and his... Uh, his well, they're not fleshed out. They're just... They're, yeah, yeah. But, but again, like you said, if this movie was completely nuts, completely off the wall, not only maybe 50% to 60 their characters, it doesn't matter. At that, they would you fit don't in the care. World. Right. Yeah, right, you don't care, but because you're... You, you've, there's some moments of 
normalcy, yeah. that, or, or they're not funny enough, it's probably something that pulls you out. Absolutely. Did you know that? I, I just did you know the did you hear the term clock clock punk before? No. Okay, so I so researching this movie, clock punk is is um, like steampunk. So okay. there's like different um, there's different genres. So clock punk is Renaissance era science and technology based on pre modern designs. So the fact that they're using Da Vinci's devices and his inventions for something modern to create goal like for their, like, like to achieve billions and you know for the world domination that right. kind of stuff like that is clock punk and there's like a whole list of of different styles of punk like there's uh there's rocco punk no i'm sorry there's rococo punk which is uh, a whimsical punk derivative that thrusts punk attitude into the late baroque period <laughs> there's ray punk which is deals with scenarios technologies and beings or environments very different from everything that we know or what is possible here on Earth or by science. This is through Wikipedia. There's now punk, which is applied to contemporary fiction set in a time period. So like post-Cold War 1990s to present, like that kind of stuff. Like where fiction is like, man, like I would assume like Man in the High Castle would be now punk kind of okay. thing, I think. Deco punk, atom punk, steel punk, cyber prep, elf punk, milf punk, I mean, myth punk, sword punk. There's all these things. That's too much. That's a lot of a lot of genres, a lot of a lot of subgenres. All right, I gotta find my niche. I gotta find my. You niche. gotta you gotta start writing? doing deco punk. Deco punk, right? Deco punk film <laughs> takes. Place. I guess like like Bioshock is deco punk or Dick Tracy. Well, I like both. The of shadow, the shadow. I love the shadow. Tease. Coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> but back to back to this movie. Did you notice the when the reason why I brought up the Austin Powers? Reference was when he had the handcuffs on, mm-hmm. and he undoes, and they they put they put the code in. It makes that same noise that is from the Austin Powers. So the the audio the tune that happens with the electronic um, handcuffs handcuffs that they put on Hudson when he when they when they put him on and when they undo him that same audio is from is also in Austin Powers when he when the when he's in the car and he gets the message from Basil. Oh, okay, but that's from but that's from the movies Our Man Flint and In Like Flint, which were Coburn movies, which James Coburn was in. So and those are from the late sixties. Nice. So kind of like full circle. <laughs> <laughs> Does he like the film? Did, did you? Ever, I don't know, but he's. Up? I don't think uh, he's passed away, so I don't well, know yeah. if I. <laughs> I'd be interested to see what he thought. Well, I was, well, I was like, well, why are you in this movie? I'll tell you what Terry Clifford from the Chicago Tribune thought. He thought it was boring and banal, overwrought and undercooked. <laughs> he thought Hudson Hawk was beyond bad. Like I was going through all I was that was only one of the reviews that I wrote down, but there I was going through the list of reviews like nobody nobody liked this movie. And honestly, that's probably why I kind of liked it cuz it was it was one of those movies that no one liked, but I watched and I was like, "Wow, I kind of like this and it was like those movies that you find that are like hidden gems or movies that you find that that not either not not that nobody liked them but maybe nobody saw them mm-hmm. so it felt like it was one of those movies back then i mean this is so i'm let's see i said i was like 1920 so the early 90s after hudson hawk early 90s right around 93 94 94 is when clerks came out that's when you had indie cinema on the scene. Yeah. So that's when you could find movies that people either didn't like or forgot about. <laughs> um, yeah, a little shout out. So Hudson Hawk to me was one of those movies when we watched it. That's why I don't, that's why I think I watched it a couple years after it came out. Because you knew? Was- well, no, because, because that I discovered it on like VHS or, gotcha. okay. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's cool. Yeah, no, no, that's all. That's all. I was just trying to. So, okay, so do you have anything else that you enjoy? Just the dialogue, the I, jokes? Jokes, the dialogue, the chemistry. Uh, like I said, I like the singing aspect of it. I, I would really have liked the end scene to have been the six minute song. No, they're not going to do that. Yeah, yeah but that, that would have been tough. So, what do you say, Eddie? Two and a half minutes to save Anna, three and a half minutes to save the world. 600. Side by side? Dead end. 
death. Oh, we ain't got a barrel of money. We may be ragged and funny, but we'll travel along. Hit it, Eddie, singing a song. Like when Eddie McDowell, when uh, Anna gets drugged and it starts to wear off, and she starts commuting with the dolphins. That's probably the stupidest thing in the movie that I liked. Uh, when she said, st- "Yeah, that was pretty tough." <laughs> Listen, I, I like this movie, but that I remember when I watched this scene back then. Yeah, that was that was tough for me. I thought that was pretty I was funny. Like, I, I started laughing. <laughs> I was like, it's just so stupid. Well, how about when um, uh, Butterfinger goes in the, to tell him the update, and Bernhard shoots him? With the arrows, oh, he, he comes, comes out. out. <laughs> He's like, <"Hey>, boss. <laughs> I think they might have betrayed us. <laughs> All right, so let me. So since I'm the one that's always like, uh, you know, I wanted to. We, I suggested this movie for us to do. You know, I, 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 I like this movie. I'll tell you the the stuff that. The only couple of negatives that I had, obviously, we already talked about this stupid joke, um, the the rape joke that was just I don't still don't understand. I'll still never understand it this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said before, a lot of the jokes are flat. They're not as funny um, as I remember. I think I agree with you. Like a lot of the riffing between Willis and Aiello works. Some of the stuff with with Willis's. You know, one-liners—they're okay. They're not great. They're kind of—he's they, trying to. It's like John McClane almost. Like you know what I mean? Like you—you you, when you hear him riffing, you hear, you think of McClane from Die Hard. Which is, yeah. I mean, that's kind of like his. That's probably where he got. Well, they're some doing of the a John send-up. They're stuff. doing. They're doing. They're definitely doing a send-up of, of action movies of these type of movies. Of the Army Hero, yeah. Right, right. But they're. Uh, this the, this movie is is trying to do a lot of different. It's trying to do a send-up of a lot of different genres of a lot of a different... They're trying to make it, like, you know, the whole idea of having that, like I talked about the the audio from Our Man Flint and, like, Flint, all that stuff. Like, they're trying to do movies like that. Like, they're trying to do, like, a late... They're trying almost trying to do Austin Powers, but they didn't go far enough. Right. You know what I mean? They're trying to do that kind of farcical spoof of those type of action movies, and he's trying to obviously, you know, play off of his image uh, at this point of an action star... Yeah. So I mean, I, that, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I, I get that. Michael Lehman as a director is probably not the best choice for them to do that because he's more. I mean, this is so broad that it's not really his cup of tea. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, Heather's is not is is completely different in terms of tone and can, in terms of storytelling. And if you haven't seen Heather's, you should. It's it's really good. So. Lehman's probably not the best choice, but I mean, I'm sure this was TriStar put him in. You know, I'm sure it was something like the studio. So yeah, so some of the jokes land flat. Uh, I didn't think the candy bar crew were spies. Right? I don't think they were used enough. Like the whole the whole plot of the whole idea that like because I it would go Aiello to the Mario Brothers. Oh, I'm sorry, to the corrupt cop to the Mario Brothers to the the spies the CIA to the megalomaniacs it's like you never like why are they all together like like, there's no reason why they're all together and no connection right i mean even in like i know we keep saying austin powers movies but even in those type of movies there is some sort of connect so there's no thread line between none of the bad guys that's just they're all in it together wait they're not they're double crossing each other wait never mind mario Bros. are dead the butler kills the uh, one of the mob guys right at the bat, off the bat at the start. He kills the cop. He kills oh, the, that's the, the dirty cop. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's like, all right. Yeah. When I watched, it, I was like, why would you? So, who are you doing, doing business with? That's, yeah. That's, that's bad business. Yeah. That's, that's stupid, even in a comedy. Yeah, and I th- I just think it's just not like even in the Naked Gun movies, they're all the Naked Gun movies. They're ridiculous. They're hilarious. Right. The Naked Gun movies, the Top Gun, Airplane. They're all off the wall. They're all zany. They're all just the comedy is over the top. But at its core, they're still a cohesive a, plot, a, a solid, a solid plot, a solid yeah. story that makes sense. That because you do, you do need that in a movie like that. You do need something that the audience can. It's almost like it's almost like the human body. You don't see the skeleton. You don't see every single rib. You don't see every single bone in your hand. 
but as, in terms of like what's on the outside, in terms of like how zany you make everything on the outside with tattoos and whatever, you still not that tattoos are zany, but you st- <laughs> you still have the basic of like everybody else, a skeleton, like the same kind of design, right? You know, that is a weird analogy, but that is a weird analogy, but whatever. You still in any kind of story, you still need that basic story, the bones of your story, the foundation of your story, however, whatever analogy you want to use to for the audience to subconsciously still latch on to so that they can go on this ride with you. And I will agree that Hudson Hawk doesn't have that. Right. Because it's it's like a series of jokes and one liners. And yes, there's this like loose, loose plot line of. Hawk is asked to steal three things. Doesn't even steal. There's no plot. Right. Doesn't even steal the third one. And which is unfortunate because they could have done that. Yeah. So it's not there. And I think because that's not there, that subconsciously takes people out of the rest of the movie. And while I can sit here and say that I, I laugh still at the same jokes and I enjoy the riff. I, I think we actually like it the same way. Because I'm, I'm not, like, I, like I said to start, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Because the Naked Gun movies, Naked Gun, Airplane, Naked Gun, Top Secret, uh, the first Hot Shots, oh, Hot Shots Part 2 was good too. Like, <laughs> those, are, those are great. I can laugh all the time. I can laugh all throughout that. Hot Shots isn't as zany as maybe well, I'm not, Naked I, Gun. But I'm, I, not, I I'm saying yeah. in terms of like they're in a cloud above Hudson Hawk. Right. And I think that Hudson Hawk should have aspired to what you were saying, should have aspired to that, but it just, it misses. It doesn't. And I think, you know, all the story, all the stories that I have talked about have those bones of a story in there. Yeah. And Hudson Hawk really doesn't. It doesn't even go that zany. It, it goes back to being serious or serious, more serious and then zany. Like the, the thing I, one thing I really, really didn't like um, is when he's fighting with, uh, man, I'm really bad with characters. When he's fighting, Boo, when he's fighting with Kaplan uh, at the end, on, at the castle, and Kaplan starts kicking him yeah, back and I, forth, yep, and then he yep. just kind of like wobbles, like oh, oh, like he's he goes, but he's hit. continuing the motion. He's doing like it's it's almost like a cartoon. It's so cartoony, yeah. and it's they that's when does that when when have we established that this right. is the universe? Right, never. Uh, it just doesn't make sense, and the well, beginning well, doesn't match up with the end. Well, he's doing that cartoon thing when, like, you, you, when you, because he's, he's kicking him, he's, he's kicking him, and then he's hitting him, right? He's hit, and he's going up and down, up and down, and then he stops, and yeah. he continues to go up and down. It's almost like in, like, Bugs Bunny, and it's very ludicrous. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 exactly. When Bugs Bunny's like, you know, uh, yes, you are. No, I didn't. Yes, you are. No, I didn't. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. You know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Doing it one time for a five minute clip during the movie. Doesn't it doesn't have the same impact unless you've been doing that, unless not that joke particular, but jokes like that throughout. And, not established that that right. is my universe, especially at the start of the movie, is far more serious than how it gets once they reach Italy. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think they have this this kind of silly comedy thread that that works. It's a it's a more unbelievable universe, like. When they're at the bar and he, uh, Frank Stallone's character, who's doing his best Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Frank! <laughs> I watched him and was like, wow, Frank looks exactly like Sylvester in this. It was probably what they were going with. But when he shoots the cup in Bruce Willis's hand and yeah. in the middle of a crowded bar. I know, I know. Nobody, no nobody says anything. And then he goes over to him. It's like, all right, this is the universe. We're yeah, in. absolutely. And then the robbery, they're on skateboards. He goes, the, he goes through the spinning door while the other cop's on the other end. Like, okay, that's the universe. And then, nope. It's Looney Tunes. Yeah, it, it just doesn't work. Well, it's this this movie is is almost like like we're in the back office working, which we will be soon. The Avengers Endgame, you know, when we're sold out and we're all and we're having a laugh in the back and and everyone's just cracking jokes or someone's like, oh, you know, it would be funny. This would be funny. Oh, you know, it would be funny. And like some of them are gonna work, some of them aren't. You know, some of them are funny, yeah. some of them aren't. But eventually, everything you know, everything Peter back to work. That's that's almost the equivalent of what you're watching in Hudson Hawk. Like, I can just see them coming on set and be like, "Oh, we should try this. We think this is funny." Yeah, they never cleaned it up. Right, and and but when you have your star is the producer, when your star created the story, it's his story. It's his project. So right. 
you're not going to be able to control that a lot, you know. And I know you have a thing about Mr. Willis, so you know. I, I know you're. I know you're down on him. He, he broke my heart. I've just, <laughs> I've just heard. I've just heard not great things lately. Which is unfortunate. And this, it's it's when you're watching. It's it's tough to hear about people you like as actors to hear different stories of different things and like from people on set and you don't some of them are true some of them probably aren't true but just in terms of just being a jerk or something like that whatever yeah you know it's it, we're, you're, when you're a big time I mean he's a huge huge star so people are gonna people are gonna take shots regardless so you can't you have to take that with a grain of salt but I understand what you're saying it's tough to, to it's tough to watch somebody do work on screen that you love but then you hear different stories about them and they're not like nice guys maybe. Yeah. But you know, it's tough to filter that out. But you know, this is this is still hair Tom uh, Bruce Willis. So I think still hair Bruce Willis <laughs> is a different person. So I still see him as as maybe a nicer guy back then. I mean, doing a movie like this that's so zany like is something he would never do today, I don't think. A movie like this? A movie like this. Well, you know, when you're older, you're not going to want. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's this is a movie that but this is a movie that he did with his best friend. Right, and it was a movie that they came up with ten years earlier when they were nobodies and nobody knew them. Look at the way he even acts and behaves, and uh, and put he puts himself out there. Uh, that's that's my my one of the things about the at the end my end note. I tried to find like a couple of statements about what I liked about the movie because I don't like this movie. <laughs> um, uh, that it it plays with an un, unapologetic exuberance that you don't see very often in film anymore, and you never see from him. I mean, look at. Glass. Look at, um, what was the one where he's he's the the dad with the gun, death. death oh, Death Wish. The Death, death Wish, Wish yes, remake. Death Wish remake. It's like that. That kind of like. Well, that's that. That's that character. Well, he, that's, I got to do what you're saying. What he plays okay. Well, I'll tell you. You're looking. You're looking for a movie where he's. I'm looking for a like movie. he's he's like a Hudson Hawk style role lately. Now, yeah, no. I, I there's probably I'm I'm going through his thing right now. Uh, no. He doesn't put himself out there anymore, and. And he doesn't need to. I know he doesn't need to. Then don't, don't do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Stop working. Well, I mean, he's in. You know, it doesn't I, seem I'll like he you. enjoys himself anymore. And he no. absolutely looks like he enjoyed himself doing that. And 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 stuff like the Fifth Element, and even some of the the earlier diehards. Like he, now, he just goes through the motions. Well, think, well, well, that could also be indicative, and and not just to him, but to older actors now that could be also indicative of the way Hollywood is the way you know maybe they're just tired of the BS maybe they're just tired like a lot of the older actors like Tommy Lee Jones and who you know is always cranky and so like you hear about stuff like that maybe they're just tired of the constant BS that comes with being a movie star and they're just you know they don't they've been around they've paid their dues they don't need to put up with that shit anymore so they're not going to. But what I don't understand is when you're as big as... I understand some actors, you know, they're working actors, they have to. They don't... Like, Bruce Willis doesn't need to work anymore. Oh, yes, that's that's probably so true. If if he's doing it at this point, it's because he enjoys doing it. So why why not do more Hudson Hawk type stuff? I'm not... not don't do Hudson Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> or do it. Maybe, maybe, hey, you can, maybe you can really refine it. But do something you love. Put the money out there to produce and create your own content. I mean... That's the only thing holding us back is is the is the cash. Oh, it's, yeah. I always tell Adrian that we still need a bag man. That's it. Yeah. We just need a guy with a bag of cash to make stuff. I get it. I mean, so if you tired <laughs> of the BS, go make your own BS. Absolutely. Uh, so I'll give you a movie that he was in that might he um, the two in 2012 he did. I just lost it. Moonrise Kingdom. Do you remember that? That was 2012. That was wow. 2012 with Wes Anderson. Yeah. And he, I feel like that was a that's a that's a. That's, that's a, that's so a decent needs, role. Maybe that's he a, needs somebody to be like, hey, movies can be fun again. Maybe he needs that. He d- and he's just going through the motion of like these cookie-cutter, direct-to-DVD Hey, man, the money's good. The money's good. I mean, when, I mean, he's... Um, how old is he now? He's got to be like probably 60s, early 60s, mid-60s. Hang on, I'm looking. I'm doing the math in my head. He's 63, I think. That's not too old. Yeah, but you also you also his career started. He like he's been working nonstop since nineteen. Well, that doesn't count. Nine, okay, let's nineteen eighties. His first that's oh, uncredited. You said Miami Vice, nineteen eighty four. Okay, yeah. So let's be clear, nineteen eighty four. I'm sure he didn't go to New York City to be a star until like the early seventies. So he probably was you know paying his dues then. Right. 
you know, he's been working nonstop since 1984. I mean, I get what you're saying. It's just he's I, I I'm not. My problem is that I'm not 63. I don't know how to feel that way. Right. You know I, what I, I mean? Get, I you know what I'm that. saying? Like, I don't know how I will feel in 20 years. I know how I don't want to feel. But, you know, <laughs> I don't know, like, what my life, what my perspective will be, my he's, life he's perspective. He's decades away from us. So it's, oh, absolutely. It's, right. He's got a lot more experience and a lot more experience in something maybe we would like to know more about and be more a part of, but we're not. And so he's you, embroiled in it. So to take it back to Hudson Hawk, <laughs> you, you you love the fact that he's having fun in this movie. You want him to, you you wish that you could see him having fun in movies now, like he did back then. Like you're okay with a miss like Hudson Hawk because he's he's like it's enjoyable. He's the Bruce Willis I grew up. Okay, like, okay. Like, Tom McClane growing up was one of my favorite heroes. So I would rewatch Die Hard constantly. He killed a lot of people, Mike. They deserved <laughs> to die. They were all Gruber henchmen. All of them. I mean, some of them. Maybe those some guys had families. They had a paycheck to do. <laughs> I'm not the monster. I only work for monsters. <laughs> Shit, lady, it's not like I'm ordering a pizza. No, that's really traumatizing to that woman. Maybe she's maybe she probably hung up the phone. She's like, This guy's just yelling at me. I'm doing my job like I'm supposed to, and this guy's yelling at me about pizza. What a jerk. <laughs> so I hear you. <laughs> uh, I get that. So he, you okay, so that's fair. Yeah. That's absolutely fair. Now, he doesn't have to do any of that because F you, who are you? You know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, I get right. that. I get that. Absolutely. I mean, if he's listening to this podcast, I mean, that's freaking awesome. He's not. He's, um, I'll tell you right now. But also, not. if he wants to come, tell you've me off. You've been blackballed. Now, now um, you've been blackballed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I ask, Bruce, come down. Tell me off. Explain to me why you're grumpy. I don't need Bruce Willis in my house because that's where we are right now to tell you off. I don't need that. Okay, he's got too many dogs here. <laughs> Maybe he likes dogs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, so I, again, I think we're of the same mind with this movie. I mean,. I know I sell it up to you that it's funny, but you la- you're laughing at the same jokes I'm laughing at. Right. I think that's not enough for me. I okay. don't think I like it as much. I don't. I think you can forgive the stuff that I really don't like about this movie more than I can. But yes, we both like the stuff that is funny is funny. It's not like it's devoid of any comedy. So, okay. So how about, so because we always ask this at the end, is, is this something that you would suggest to somebody to watch or... If you're looking for a movie to watch on a Saturday night and you hear that, they, see, that's the thing. Because this is not like a movie where you're saying to somebody, you've never seen this movie? This is like the great, the best movie I've ever seen. Like, you know what I mean? Like this a, is different than any of the other forgotten cinemas. That this I've is. Done. I know. Because this is a fun movie. It's, it's fun, but it's really bad. It's Okay, well, how about... All right, all right, I got it. Do you like Bruce Willis? Yes. Do you like old Bruce Willis? Watch this movie because this is Bruce Willis... It seems like this is Bruce Willis having the time of his life making a movie, which you will probably never see again, and I don't think you've ever seen before. Like this is just him really, really enjoying himself. Well, uh, also with his friends, and it, it works. Yeah, that works. There you go. So yes, <laughs> so yes. So I'm gonna chart mark that down that you like it. That's gonna be a check that you like it. <laughs> Bruce, I liked your movie. <laughs> there you go. Tuck you into that shit. Yeah. I was thinking though. Because we or you brought up like could it be made again now or something like that? Right. I would be interested to see maybe a Hudson Hawk two or a remake or a reboot or something like that to see if you know get Bruce Willis back. Could he refine it? Could we like could he would he have known what he would have done differently to see if he could take what he has kind of started to establish and make it into something better? I don't know. I mean, I don't think he would because he's doing like he's basically taken over the the diehard franchise in terms of making that his own like cuz they're doing McLean now. Right. So I mean I think that's the character that he's try he's kind of lat- latched onto. I mean it's he's he will always be that character. Well it's like Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones, that's the one guy he Well, I mean yeah, I agree. Well, Jack Ryan. Well, Han Solo, but he's more That's true too, yeah. It's true. He's, no, he's a bunch of characters, I would but say, that's the one he oh, chose. Indiana Jones, yeah. Well it that's the best one to one. that's the best one to choose. Because right. let's be honest. I mean he's better than Indiana Jones than he is Han Solo. I I don't disagree. There you go. Um <laughs> Well what well what about when he did uh when Willis did the whole nine yards? Right? It was a whole nine yards? Whole nine yards. And then he did the whole ten yards. I mean that was kind of that was early two thousands. That was 2000, 2000, and then whole 10 yards was 2004. So that was kind of 
you I know? like whole nine yards, and his character in Fifth Element has a lot of the goofiness that um, Hudson has. Yeah, yeah. He's not really the he's he does have he's wisecracking, but he's not. He's more of the straight man than he is, he is the, the comedy man. guy. Okay, so yeah, so I would suggest it. I would tell people to watch it. I know you did. <laughs> exactly. But that's but but that's the. I mean, I think it's important to understand that with the movies that we do here. That it's not just about movies that are really good that people forgot were really good. It's movies that had an impact. Movies that have some sort of impact or movies that, for whatever reason, you know, worked, clicked. I will agree with you that, like, maybe like 60% of this movie is what I like about it. You know, there's stuff that is outdated. There's stuff that, whatever, okay, you know, it's it's fine. It's That joke's not as funny as maybe I thought it was or as they think it was. So yeah, so I agree with you there, but it's a still it's still enough for me to watch it, just because. It, and honestly, it's because it's an hour and 40, 40 minutes, hour and thirty five minutes. It's a nice quick movie, so it's it's not like I'm invested in a two and a half hour movie. It's true. So I I mean in that regard, it's one of these movies. You know what it's you know what this movie's like. So on a Saturday night, you get your friends over. And you want to do a double feature. That's the perfect movie to either finish, to probably to finish the double feature because you don't want to, when you do a double feature, you don't want to do anything that's going to put you to sleep in the, at the end. You want the yeah. drama or the, or, you know, the, the serious film, the thriller to be the first movie. If you're, if you're doing a double feature, the second movie, you want it to be fun or a comedy or an action, something that will keep people up. Yeah. I think, I mean, granted, now I think this is, this would be the second movie and a double feature that, that, that you would want to do. Now, I just realized that I've basically told everyone I'm a big nerd on um, that my Saturday night <laughs> is, is, would be a double feature of movies, but I don't care because... Well, our podcast is uh, Forgotten Cinema, so... It is. Cinemophile, so Forgotten Nerds. Even. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, again, like I said, you like this movie. No, don't shake your head. You like this movie. I enjoy this movie. But it's a bad movie. But you would recommend it. Very specific. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, man, my name is my name is Joe Blow, and I like Bruce Willis, but I like early '90s Bruce Willis. Well, I got <laughs> a movie I for you. <laughs> I like post Six Sense Bruce Willis. Well, not, not only I do I like it. early '90s Bruce Willis, I'm a big Danny Aiello fan. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a Danny Aiello fan, absolutely watch Hudson Hawk. <laughs> oh, you, yeah, absolutely. And then you should watch Do the Right Thing because. He's really great in that, which I found out that my wife never seen do the right thing before. Shame on her. Leave her. No, I can't. <laughs> Come on. Damn you. All right, so we're at the section where we like to plug stuff. All right. Um, you go first. Well, let's plug this. Forgotten Cinema. Hey, yo. So what's if up? This is your first time listening. Uh, why don't you give us a like on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on and uh subscribe or subscribe share everywhere share it to everyone tell your friends forgotten cinema follow us on twitter on instagram check out our website forgotten cinema podcast.com and you can actually you can get links to if you don't really just want to go search for the podcast on itunes or wherever we post the each episode on there we post the links to to go to go get them so that was my forgotten cinema plug on forgotten you know, cinema. Let, yeah, let so me let, 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 let me let go me go. first. Let me because yeah, you got like eighteen podcasts to plug. So, I guess primarily, I, I like I said before, I write. I have two books out right now: uh, Adam Parker and the Radioactive Scout, and Adam Parker and the High School Bully. Yes, they are part of the same mystery series that is called the Adam Parker Mystery Series. These are available at Amazon as ebook or paperback, and I'm hoping to have a new book soon. But I'm writing it now, so we'll see. Ooh. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm still writing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. It's your turn now. That means turn. when I pause and I stop talking, that means it's Is your turn. Is that what it means? Yes. Yeah. All right. I've got <laughs> two other podcasts you can listen to right now. I've got Two Player Bros, a podcast by two brothers who play way too many video games, where you can listen to myself and my brother Alex where we talk about all things video game, news, reviews, previews. We uh, talk about some old games we've been playing and uh, upcoming video game tech. So if you like listening to me talk and you prefer me talking about video games, there's that. And then I've also got Cracking One Open with Mike and Elise, where my fiance Elise and I 
crack open a local craft beer, talk about what's in it, give you a little history on the brewery, and then, you know, while we're sipping on that brew, we uh, talk about the latest uh, pop culture news and reviews. So are you, are you actually slurp, Are you actually slurping in the in the mic? Uh, every <laughs> once in a while, like as a transition, I'll be like, I gotta take a sip of mine. <laughs> <laughs> wow, classic. But you know, nice. the fact that you're asking me that means you haven't listened to the. Um, like listen, I got a lot of things I got going on. <laughs> Did I mention I was writing a book? I will listen. I apologize. So that's two player bros and cracking one open with Mike and Elise, and that's uh, that's what I got going on for now. Unless Bruce, you want to talk about the Hudson Hawk reboot uh, remake. <laughs> <laughs> I can learn to love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, so thanks for listening. We'll uh, see you next episode. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema. I must speak with the dolphins now. Shoot her. Anybody?